He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? All right, welcome back to the Anthony Irwin Show. I am Anthony Irwin. couple episodes this week as Sabrina is out tonight. Uh, so we are doing another episode of the AI Show here. I am joined by Kristen Rivas. Uh, Kristen, how, how, I guess, interested are, are you or, or, or uh, tempted are you to change your name to Christian uh, Rivas? It wouldn't be the first time. I actually, uh, <laughs> during Summer League, I changed my Twitter name to Christian Reeves. And then he had another game uh, this season that caused me to do it. Tonight certainly warrants uh, a name change, but I'm going to uh, let him have his moment. I'm not, I'm not trying to steal any of his shine. <laughs> I was legitimately nervous for him because all of the Lakers were like hugging him and 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 pumping his chest and all that stuff. And I'm like, sitting there like, he weighs like a buck fifty soaking wet. Yeah. And there are some giant human beings tugging on him and, and, and all that. And I was, you know, given the way that injuries have gone so far this year, I was, I was a little nervous. Like, <laughs> I was, I was like, little... that's prime droplet territory for this team right now. <laughs> like I would have oh, yeah, just put my hands out. And yeah. Yeah. Social distance. Yeah. yeah. Social distance <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, celebration. Yeah. That's, that's going to be another topic here. So we are going to talk about Austin Reeves. I want to talk about Wayne Ellington. Uh, Frank Vogel goes with both of those guys instead of Avery Bradley to finish the game and in overtime. Uh, That felt kind of notable here. Uh, Christian, you wrote up an article uh, for SuperScreenAndRoll.com about the potential trades that the Lakers could be making. Uh, So we're going to go through those, and I'm going to grade those. And then uh, as this is your maiden voyage on the AI show, you are going to be uh, giving me an embarrassing sports moment. Are you excited for, for that one? Or, or do you have one that you already have kind of bouncing around in there? Yeah, I have a few. Um, <laughs> I, I played as a right back in soccer, so mm-hmm. they uh, tends to happen a lot. Yeah, yeah. Playing defense in soccer is pretty thinkless. All right, let's start with uh, Austin Reeves. So... In this game, he plays, uh, let's see, what is it? Yeah, 32 minutes for Austin Reeves. Uh, That's a career high. He is a plus 10 uh, overall on the night. Uh, He scores 15 points, grabs seven boards, a couple assists, a steal, uh, five of six from from three-point range, including the game winner. And, you know, at what point does this, unless it's already happened, like, when does this become real? Like, when do the Lakers reliably rely on this guy? Um, I don't know when that time will be, uh, but I certainly think he has earned it uh, by now. I wanted to kind of see, because at, at the beginning of the season, I was banging on the table for Austin Reeves to start uh-huh. like a few games in his career. I, I was in. He just does things that make the starting lineup look a lot better. Um, on defense, obviously, uh, especially when compared to, you know, some of the other guys they've rolled out there, but just like, you know, a pump fake to bait the defender and then make the Mm -hmm. extra pass. Um, he just, he knows his role 
and he's really, really good at it. Um, so I'd be all in on him sliding into the starting lineup like next game. Yeah. Whether or not Frank Vogel feels the same way, <laughs> you know, uh, he'd be taking his, the, the, you know, Frank's binky spot like that. Listen, it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not saying it won't happen because it took what? 23 games for Frank to finally pull the plug on DJ. I think, I think Frank's just awfully forgiving and uh i mean you'd be hard pressed to find a clip in which frank says something bad about his players i think he really believes that everybody on that team is like just needs a shot and they they're gonna have (laughs) their moment um i think avery probably had enough uh moments with the lakers um and i i think it's uh i think it's austin reeves time to shine i'm in sign me up I'm still, I'm still, I mean, this, this isn't coming from a point of like, you know, because of what we've seen from him, like based on what we've seen from him, he should probably be in that starting group, right? Like he, he probably should, he has, like you said, earned that spot. Um, he has been the most consistent. He's had, he had a couple of bad games, I thought when he came back from injury, but outside of that, I thought he was, you know, he's, he's been one of the more consistent role players Uh, that the Lakers have and you know you mentioned it and it's the perfect reason why he's been so consistent a lot of times with NBA players you're talking about guys who are like the best player in the history of their city right you're talking about guys who are used to being the best player on every team that they've ever played on Uh, the you know whether at every stage of their life and then they get to the NBA and you know, learning that you are now a role player because you are playing with the actual best people, best, uh, best players, best, best basketball players on the planet. Like learning that you are now a role player can be a very humbling experience. And a lot of times for role players, you know, accepting that and not overextending yourself is, is really the first step in becoming a consistent and viable role player. And you watch Reeves and he never overextends himself like ever on, on both sides of the ball. Like, uh, I, I think he does, he, he plays good containment defense. I don't think he's anybody who really disrupts a defense or an offense with, with, uh, his approach to guarding on ball. He's basically just like, Hey, sometimes like KP, uh, Chris Apps Porzingis hit a, hit a pull-up jumper over the top of him, And there's not much that Reeves can do with somebody who was like seven, four, and capable of jumping and, and and knocking down that jumper. But Reeves was still right there in front of him. And it's really rare that you see him over, you know, over, over playing his hand on defense, uh, getting beat back door and stuff like that. That doesn't happen very often. And then offensively, you never see him forcing things. If anything, I would like to see him push it a little bit more. Like I can't wait to watch over the course of his career to see what kind of creation chops that he has. Cause that pass that he made to Russ uh, with his left hand off of the one dribble, Russ gets blocked by Porzingis, but that was a special pass. That was not something I knew he was really kind of capable of. And and you're seeing this guy really kind of develop in front of you. And the only reason why I'm hesitant to put him in the starting lineup is because he's he's an undrafted rookie. Like that's it's it's just resume stuff that I'm doing there. I'm not no I'm not necessarily sure it's fair, but I do know that that's going to play a role in in the decision that Frank makes when you're talking about the guys that. He would be taking that starting role over. 
Uh, I think <laughs> the whole like experience thing, uh, I've always thought it was stupid, but yeah, seeing what the Suns did last year and all the talk of like them having one player, I believe, that had played in the postseason uh, prior to last season and all the teams that had this advantage because of you know how many veterans were in their on their team that had all that playoff experience mm-hmm. had won championships. If he's good, he's good, mm-hmm. especially on this team and at that position. Like, play the best guy you have available. Yeah, I I understood at the start of the season why Frank turned to Avery Bradley, not just because of the injuries, but it definitely seemed like Frank was grasping at any semblance of familiarity that he could find uh, and just wanted to put tent poles throughout the roster to kind of help bridge that gap between the the players that they brought back from the championship championship team, but also the, the new players that needed to get integrated. So I understood that at the time. And I do think Avery Bradley has been better than he's been given credit for. Um, yeah. Not that Frank Vogel's given, given him credit for. I think it would be very hard. <laughs> yeah. For if you Avery listen to Frank, he's standards. the best player on right, the roster. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, other, other than Avery Bradley, we, we really haven't seen too many people get much time, uh, with that starting group. I think Austin certainly looked the best. I think Malik Monk's had nights where he's looked really good. And then Wayne Ellington, holy hell. I, I mean, you could have probably guessed that he'd look really good next to LeBron James, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. Like, that's the exact type of player you you want next to them. Sands, maybe the defense, but even the defense, yeah. I thought was admirable on uh, Wednesday night. <laughs> That's the perfect word for it. That's like, you know what? We we know going in, the expectations aren't very high, but you're not a disaster, right? You know, I. But that's that's really all you're asking for him. You know, and he's a veteran minimum player, right? So if he was good on defense and also the shooter that he is. He would be making a lot more than the veterans minimum on 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 the open market, and you know I I I've always kind of said with with Wayne, look, just simplify the defense for him, you know, and it's just, it's a, it's a lot of the same stuff that makes Austin Reeves um, successful defensively. It's it's just just don't be a disaster, don't don't actively hurt us defensively, is is a lot of what's going on there with both of those players. And, and yeah, and, and I thought, you know, in tonight's game, I thought the play of the game in, in, uh, in, in, in that game was that sprint back to deflect the pass, uh, and, and force Dallas into the half court instead of a two on one. Like that was, that was a gigantic play. And, you know, he also airballs a wide open three pointer down the stretch of overtime or down the stretch of regulation. Uh, but then, you know, short memory and and immediately knocks down a three that sends him into overtime. I just think I just think with with this guy and and with the upside that he presents in terms of shooting the basketball and and not needing a lot of time to to get himself a look, like he's perfect for that starting group. So, I don't know if I don't I don't think they're going to start both of those guys, especially once Ariza comes back. Ariza's going to be a starter and then you have, you know, the big three. And after that, it just becomes 
between starting big or starting an extra shooter. Mm-hmm. And and I think at this stage of all of the resumes being involved, it's probably going to be Ellington. Um, but I'm not holding it against anybody who thinks Reeves. I'm not holding it against anybody who thinks Monk. Like the Lakers didn't have Monk tonight. And Monk, I thought, has been, you know, has had the highest highs of any of the shooting guards uh, on this roster. So, uh <laughs> the guy who probably shouldn't get that spot is is Avery Bradley, and uh, it's tough because he's on that non guaranteed contract, and it, and it and it sucks to see you know a career come to an end potentially if the Lakers, you know, if they see hey we have you know between Nunn and Reeves and and now Bazemore is working himself back, although he was terrible again, uh, but but between Nunn, Reeves, Ellington, Monk. Uh, you have guys on guaranteed deals at his position. I just don't see Bradley sticking around. Should everybody get healthy? Do you think? Do you think? You know, they 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 send the the comfort blanket away. Do you think? Do you think that's something that that actually happens here? I think that really depends on what happens with the guard rotation at the trade deadline. Um, I think if the Lakers are going to swing for the fences. It involves them trading their biggest salaries outside of LeBron, AD, and Russ, and that's mm-hmm. Taylor and and none. And in the event that happens, yeah, I think it would probably be worth keeping Avery Bradley around. You look at the other options that are out there right now, it's like... There's not much. Shaq Harrison, Isaiah Thomas, who scored like... 40 points? 40, yeah, some something points like on yeah. 30 shots. Uh, <laughs> and then... Darren Collison, who just deserves to be in that conversation just for <laughs> how much time he's hung hung around Staples Center. So, uh, yeah, I think if they kept him on the roster just to keep him on the roster, like not even, uh, you know, for or as a result of a trade or anything, I wouldn't be surprised with that either. Uh, I do think, though, given the given what we know about the Lakers willingness to spend and uh their i guess desire to have an open roster spot and for the post trade deadline buyout market because a lot of people forget going into the season the lakers plan was to have an open roster spot for the entirety of the season Mm -hmm. uh and then all these injuries started piling up and you know there's avery bradley so i yeah i i could be convinced both ways, but and also would, like they they signed none to only five mil instead of the entire exception, so that they had yeah they potentially have a little extra cash to be able to offer a buyout candidate. And that Marcus All trade exception can be used to claim people on the waiver wire. Like mm-hmm. there are a lot of directions they can go with that open roster spot, and I think they really value that flexibility. So uh could they waive DeAndre Jordan? Yes. Uh, should they wave DeAndre Jordan? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. But I think Avery Bradley's the, the quickest way to do it. And you know, if if Bradley and DJ aren't on the roster come March, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, any number of things could really happen with this roster, and it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. There are things that I think they should do. Like I, I think the thing that objectively is the right thing to do at this point is waving DeAndre. Like once Dwight. We'll see what impact COVID has on Dwight. 
Uh, we saw it really derail Marcus Saul's season last year. Um, and, and, you know, bigger human beings have tended to, uh, have a tougher time with COVID than, than smaller people. So we'll see how that goes with, with Dwight. Um, and, and if he comes back though, and, and he looks like the Dwight that we saw before, uh, he got the positive test and, and if Frank is comfortable and LeBron is comfortable playing as much five as he's been playing. And then if eight, you know, also you have the best kind of both way uh, center in, on the roster in, in AD, you don't need DeAndre. Like, I don't, you, you, you don't need him there. So, you know, if they're looking to open up that flexibility again, and like you're talking about, if they find themselves in the market for a wing and the only salary that you could send out to do that is uh, THT, then yeah, I, I agree that it makes sense to have Bradley or keep Bradley around. Um, but if you're going to do that, like it, it, there's opportunity costs elsewhere. And I think that opportunity cost, the smart opportunity cost would be, um, Deandre Jordan. I don't even necessarily consider that opportunity cost though, because like I, I, I have a friend, uh, Kirk who I, I, you know, for, from, uh, Mavs Moneyball who, uh, was asking on Twitter whether, uh, Deandre is pregnant and, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not here to confirm one way or the other is, is, is all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, um, that, you know, that one, yeah. one last thing I'll say about DJ, uh, and you know, the Lakers potentially moving on from him. If the Lakers are going to make a trade, the other thing they need to do is stack veterans minimum contracts. And I think when yeah. you look at the roster, uh, even more so than Avery Bays and DJ stand out to the, yeah. as the guys to me that will be stacked and shipped out. So I don't even, I don't even know if it needs to be waving DJ, but I, I agree. I think, uh, like we've seen enough. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it depends on the trade. And we're and we're going to talk about the potential trades that you wrote there for Silver Skin and Roll, but like if the Lakers find a way to move Russ, right? And you're getting multiple players back for Russ. Uh then it's clear the guys that you wave to to make that happen. Yeah. If you're sending out multiple players together for a certain player, then, then yeah, then it makes a lot of sense to have those stackable, uh, veteran minimum kind of deals. Bays and and like Bays tonight, fifteen minutes, minus nineteen on the night. Like what? he was awful. What the hell? Like I I had high hopes for Bays, and uh, you know it's just it's been brutal uh, watching him. Let's go ahead and, and segue though over to the article that you wrote and all of the trades that uh, that you outlined. You put three trades together here. Uh, let's go. Trade number one, Lakers get uh, Ken. It's Ken Rick or Ken Rich. Sure. <laughs> Ken Rick. Ken Rick yeah, Williams. Yeah. I think it's Ken Rick. Uh, they right. they get Ken Rick Williams, and they get the uh, two million dollar trade exception and a twenty twenty three second round pick. You think he's he only goes for the second rounder? Like I feel like there are going to be enough teams looking for a wing who that that might raise that price a little bit. I hear that. And, uh, you know, if, if they needed to throw in a second, second rounder, I think it would probably get it done. Um, yeah. I don't know if first round picks are being handed out for, I mean, what will effectively be the eighth, yeah. ninth guy yeah. on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't think anybody's giving up a first round pick for him, at least not for him alone. If it's like a Derek Ray, Derek favors Kendrick Williams, maybe, um, but I love him. I think 
they're just everything you think about Bays or at, at least thought about Bays going into the season. Hoped for with Bays. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Kendrick Williams would step right in and, and fill that role at a very high level. Like to the point where I think he would probably start on this team and maybe even close games. He's been that good. That He's been so good that the Thunder have a positive point differential <laughs> with him on the floor. They probably hate him over there. On both ends of the floor. Yeah, Sam Presley, ship him out. Just wave him, <laughs> honestly. Uh, he also, importantly, is 6'7". Yeah. And, and the Lakers currently right now, so when Ariza comes back, He'll be their only role player in that size range of like the six seven to six nine type guys, and uh, you know, it, it in this NBA, you need as many of those guys as possible. Just flat out, those are the most, in my opinion, the most valuable role players. Those guys who are, you know, long enough to mul- to defend multiple positions, don't need the ball a ton in their hands, can step out and knock down three pointers and stuff like that, like. That's the exact Williams is the exact kind of player that the Lakers uh, should and will probably be looking at. I just you know it's going to be tough because with all of these guys with with Williams with Grant with Barnes with whomever uh, the price is going to be driven up because there are so many teams that can convince themselves of what they're capable of. There there are a lot of teams that think they're playoff teams. There are a lot of teams that. If they're playoff teams, they think they can make some noise if they just make the right move. So uh, whatever move it is that the Lakers make and 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 whoever it is that they target, it's probably going to come at a price. And, you know, the other thing that I wanted to ask you just in general before we move on to trade target number two, they have, I think, 2026 is the first first rounder that they can trade. And it's 2027, yeah. Uh, 2027. So uh, your thoughts on potentially moving that because, like— that's post Braun. Yeah. That might even be post AD. Right. And you know, I I think if you're moving that pick, it has to you're you have to be getting a really like a, a legitimate difference maker. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think for that reason, like there's that meme of SpongeBob holding old faithful the the fishing net and it's you know, Taylor Horton Tucker Kendrick Nunn and the twenty twenty seven first. Mm-hmm. That's really that's the best package Lakers can put together without yep. including the big four, Russ, LeBron, AD, and Austin Reeves. Like that's <laughs> uh, that's all they got. Yeah. And so I I don't think teams value that pick as much as maybe Lakers fans might, knowing you know what can happen when your franchise player leaves and you have a guy who's a number has been a number two his whole career and you know even you know in moments as a number two hasn't looked like the guy yeah um i it you know it gets dicey and so i i am i totally agree with you i think if the lakers are giving up talon and that first round pick you better be getting somebody who is not just a surefire starter on this team but somebody you can comfortably see with this team for at least two three years yeah yeah because you almost can't take in an expiring here because uh you know the, the the chances of bringing that guy back or or the the very risk of that guy leaving via free agency at all 
uh, is kind of sort of terrifying because yeah, like you're talking about, that's that's your last combination of assets that are yep. going out that are going out the window there. Um, what are the chances? But again, before we really quickly move on to uh, trade option number two, what are the chances the Lakers trade uh, Reeves just to avoid paying him the luxury tax? Oh God, I've already. Uh... <laughs> I, I I told myself that after he hit the buzzer beater too. I'm, I, this is the moment I'm gonna think about when the Woj bomb drops that. Yeah, like the Lakers rescinded Austin Reeves' qualifying offer because right. they want to sign like God. I don't even know who, who who's one of Le, LeBron's buddies that's still in the league and Chris uh-huh. Paul. Let's just say Chris Paul. <laughs> Chris Paul's gonna <laughs> sign like a 16 million dollar deal after getting bought out by the Sun. And uh, which, you know, Chris Paul's a really good player, but yeah. But if he's getting bought out, it's probably for a reason. And <laughs> yeah. and you probably don't want to pay him 16 million bucks. So, yeah, <laughs> you joke, but I thought about it. No, I'm, I I joke because, you know, it's it's the way that I cope ahead of time. Like it, it's <laughs> it's 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 my coping mechanism. All right. So trade number two that you wrote here, the Lakers get DeLon Wright and Cam Reddish. They send out Taylor Horton Tucker and Kent Bazemore, noticeably not that first round pick. And yep. that is something apparently that the the Hawks are potentially looking for. Uh, I'm with it. You know, you, you, you maintain the, the guard depth. Uh, if that is a, if that is a concern, you get an additional wing, somebody in reddish who started slow to his career. And I think has really picked it up over the last year or so. Um, and, you know, while it would suck to lose Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, somebody who I think uh, I I thought I was gonna light our Silver Spoon Roll Slack on fire by comparing him to uh, Tyreek Evans, um, but you know people were more in, you, onto that uh, comp than than I thought they were going to be. Um, so you're you're trading away Taylor Horton Tucker. Kent Bazemore is just salary at this stage. Um, I'm I'm I like it, but I would be like Reddish is a little young. Uh, from for like for if you're trading Taylor Horton Tucker, like he's fine. Reddish is if you're not including the first rounder, but it, I, that's still the only salary that you have to be able to match in a trade. And so, like Reddish has to be really good, and there's a good chance that he actually really is. And you now have this guy. Plus, you have his, you get his bird rights too, yeah. which is valuable as well. Uh, but but I. I don't know if he's necessarily proven enough for my liking. Uh, if you're if you're trading away your only tradable salary, yeah. I my thing is if Reddish, I also don't know why Atlanta would be trading him. Like they're a good team. Yeah, I I think Talon just does more things for them uh, mm-hmm. or more things they need than Cam Reddish is doing right now um and i think the same is true of reddish and the lakers i think i i I ran this trade by a few hawks fans because i had the the same thought like why would why would the hawks want to get off of reddish um if you know he's only a year older than Talon, makes right now only three million dollars less than Talon, um and by all means is just as raw as Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah. I, to me, it comes back to, and, and from the Hawks fans, I talked to you, it, it boils down to good players 
that could be in better situations. And I think if yeah. you swap those players, yeah, they would look a lot better than both those situations make more sense. And listen, I like Taylor on draft night. I forgot what movie I was going to see. Uh, it honestly might have been Far From Home. I remember it was a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went into the movie theater and I texted like, let me know when the Lakers draft Taylor Horton Tucker. I yeah. come out, Lakers draft Taylor Horton Tucker. I was over the moon. I think he's a really talented prospect. And even with the flashes he's shown with the Lakers, I'm like, okay, if the Lakers were reluctant to trade this guy, I understand why. I just think I would be so much higher on him if they hadn't traded for Russell Westbrook and if they were more complimentary pieces to his skill set on the roster. Maybe Kendrick Nunn is that guy when he returns. Um, you know, maybe we see more Taylor Malik Monk lineups uh, down the line. But right now, to your point about the Tyreek Evans comp, Taylor's like description, like his his profile is an undersized three who slashes, yeah. is a good secondary playmaker, and is a decent defender. Mm-hmm. In no other world where he's not on a rookie contract and the Lakers had to re-sign him to, to be that salary ballast. Do the Lakers target that type of player in free agency? No. And well, and they signed him, I think with like, with the, they signed him as the player that they hope he becomes not the player mm-hmm. that he actually is right now. There's no guarantee that it actually becomes like the, the, the shooter that they think he's capable of becoming or the defender that he's, that they think he's capable of becoming. They, that was an investment. That was, that was, I think Bynum was a lot more surefire at the time when they gave him his extension. But I do remember back when they extended Bynum, there was a lot of like, this is the guy that we think he's capable of. And if he turns into that player, $13 million at that time was a bargain for the mm-hmm. potential player that Bynum could become. And, and I think here with Talon, it's like, if Talon becomes the, the three and D wing, albeit undersized, then nine million bucks a year or eleven million bucks a year for this guy is a bargain. And yeah. you know, maybe it works out, but if it doesn't and he's the only guy that you have at that kind of contract number, then that's a giant gamble that goes awry. Yeah, and I think Aaron was the one that said it in Slack today. Um that, you know, Taylor's biggest draw right now is that he's young. Yeah. as is the case for most it's the first thing everybody age. talks about this guy it's like oh he's only 21 mm-hmm. okay cool but like the lakers they're looking to win a championship now and for that reason i think if if Taylor and reddish were making the same money um you swap them both i think that's a lateral move for both teams um mm-hmm. at least in terms of talent when it comes to fit i think both players would be much better off in in those situations and hey don't you know, don't discount acquiring DeLon Wright either. I know he's yeah. not like the sexiest name to get back. In I've a, always kind of liked him. His defense is for real. And it has been for like mm-hmm. a few years now. Um, I think he has like the second best defensive rating on the Hawks right now. So, yeah, I, I'm a, I think the, the Williams trade is still my favorite uh, just because I think it's the most realistic. Uh, but if, the Lakers made this trade. I would be pretty happy about it, but also I would 
be like caught. I, I'd be rooting for Cam Reddish with the knowledge that there is a chance that Cam Reddish yeah. isn't as good as Talon. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's about fair that Reddish doesn't have the upside that Talon has, but Reddish also fits better, which probably helps the Lakers more anyway. Yeah. Um, the last trade that you have here, TJ Warren coming back to the Lakers, THT and DeAndre Jordan going out. Same thing with Jordan as with Bazemore a second ago. Yeah. It's just it's just salary. It's just what you need to make it work. Uh, TJ Warren, uh, has he played yet this year? I don't think no. he's played yet. He, he so, played four games in the 2020-21 season. It's yeah. been a minute since he's played. And I, but he was incredible in the bubble. Incredible yeah. bubble. <laughs> uh, I think SB Nation wrote a story called uh, titled TJ Warren is the Michael Jordan of the NBA bubble. Yeah. And he was. I think Damian Lillard ultimately ended up winning the bubble MVP, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, TJ Warren was incredible. And this is this is a trade that went through m- many different variations because. This this is the big trade where the Lakers go all in. They they trade Talon and you know in its first draft it was Talon Kendrick and and a first round pick and salary filler for like Jeremy Grant. I don't know why Detroit the Pistons takes or the Pacers when it comes to Miles Turner or any team that has like a really good player which miles turner make no mistake jeremy grant and miles turner are both very good players mm-hmm. would likely close games for the lakers why are you giving your biggest at one of your biggest assets up for Taylor horton tucker kendrick nunn in a 2027 first round pick none who hasn't and might not play this year right maybe it's you know the number one pick in 2027 it's possible uh, but ideally you get more than that. And that's why in that article I said, I would love Jeremy Grant or Miles Turner. That sounds awesome. <laughs> but the Lakers already made their big plays. Like they traded every pick they have for like the foreseeable future for Anthony Davis. And, you know, for Russell Westbrook, they traded all of all of the salary. salary. Mm-hmm. So and then didn't bring back movable salary in Caruso. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I uh... for those of you who are just listening, uh, the 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 face plant, the forehead plant that just happened there. It just doesn't make sense. Like that's why I don't get. I I don't mean to rant about. I'll I'll keep it short. But any any dummy that comes into my mentions talking about. You know, the Lakers weren't going to pay that much for Alex Russo because he would have taken so much out of the luxury tax and he's not worth that money. Why do we care? Maybe. Okay. Yes, exactly. That's not my money. Yeah. And anybody that's worrying about Genie Buss's money in that way, why do you care? It's just weird. Like, especially. She's not going to break you off any of it. Exactly. And as somebody who, who like, my. 1B when it comes to watching sports is European soccer. These guys, every summer, they could have a team that just won the biggest trophy in Europe, and they'll go, this guy's available for $75 million. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I'm game. 
And there are teams in the league that do that. The Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. being the, the prime example. Yeah. Like there are teams that do it. And the benefit, not just of keeping Alex Caruso, who in all likelihood, if, if he can stay healthy, um, will make one of the all-defensive teams this year, if not yep. the all-defensive first team, which is nuts, and it drives me insane. We've been calling for it for years. But beyond that, yeah, the additional $9 million in salary, you're, you're, if you're looking to make that extra move, Alex Caruso, Taylor Horton Tucker, and a 2027 first-round pick sounds a whole lot nicer and gets you a whole lot more than what the Lakers have right now. Yep. So that makes me mad. When I hear people justifying why the Lakers didn't bring Alex Crusoe back, just shut up. Yeah, there is no, there is no like more efficient way to get yourself muted than to to try to make the argument that that the Lakers were it was okay that they let Crusoe go. But you know what, the Lakers are coming off an overtime win. We don't need to go there. Yeah. Um. The 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 this trade here. So it's interesting. It's the kind of deal that, like, the only reason Warren is available is mm-hmm. because he hasn't played. And and so and you're buying low. Suck. What's that? And, and well, like, the Pacers, <laughs> like, they have all these guys who I like, but they don't really have an engine. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of Daewoo back in the day where they made all these cars that looked, you know, that looked cool and looked futuristic. But then, like, you, you popped up on the hood and you were just like, oh, my God, this is a is a pinto like this is not this is not gonna like stay upright for very long and and so uh like that's the 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 indiana pacers or the indiana pintos in that in that like it's just (laughs) if you rear end them they blow up and and like warren is one of these guys that on any team and and whoever trades for him maybe he comes back and he's healthy and and at the end of the year everybody who is watching whatever playoff team he's on is saying, I can't believe they were able to get TJ Warren for this, this, or whatever. Yeah. I could totally see that, but I could also totally see the Lakers giving up their only asset here in Taylor Horton Tucker for a guy who might not play. And that, that's kind of terrifying. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And, you know, I noted in the story that that's probably why the Lakers won't make that trade. That's, I mean, that's a big reason I wouldn't make the trade. This is just me really illustrating this is the biggest play the Lakers can make realistically, in my opinion. And it's a really risky one, yeah. um, which is really all you're going to get with what they have is imperfect players. Um, because again, Taylor for as much upside as he has is an imperfect player on a contract that doesn't currently reflect the player he is. Um, and you know if you're indiana wanting to get a young player an asset in return that's awesome i hope they get it uh but you know if the lakers want to take that gamble i think it's smarter than any move they would make otherwise involving Taylor. um but if they decide not to i wouldn't blame them i think you know there are worse things they can do than keep Taylor around what do you think of uh, Russell Westbrook for Miles Turner, TJ Warren, and Jeremy Lamb? I hate it. How <laughs> dare you? I told I told you I told you on Twitter the other day. All you have to do is just sit back and enjoy all of it. Like the blueprint is there. The meme exists for a reason. Uh-huh. November to 
you know, hopefully this year <laughs> it's like July, but um, Russell Westbrook is the greatest player on the planet. Yeah. And uh, I mean, look at uh, the, the Mavericks game. I think he played pretty, the big three. I'll tell you. They were, I, I thought he was all right. Like he made some They're... big plays. He made monster shot, obviously the, the, the giant three pointer that he made and, and all of that. But then I also thought like, would he have like 13 turnovers? What did he have? Uh, four turnovers, but uh, but they were loud. They were allowed for. Um, no, I I I don't really have any complaints about Russell Westbrook to this point. I mostly just you know throw him into trades uh, to piss off Philip Barnett. Like that's 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 yeah. a big that's a big part of the reason there. I uh, we, in our NBA meeting the other day, we were putting <laughs> together like a skeleton of a trade that would get Russ back to OKC and <laughs> yeah. somehow Lakers get Ben Simmons back and buddy healed <laughs> and yeah. And buddy healed. Uh, it's a wild one. I'm going to be completely honest with you, but uh, I've thought about it. I've sat with it for a little while mm-hmm. and maybe this is just, you know, the water I'm drinking, talking. Yeah. Um, I think I'd rather have Russ. I'm going to be honest over Ben Simmons. Yeah. With this team, wow. with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I think I'd rather have a Russ. I love him. I love him. Holy man. crap. That is, yeah. I was not prepared for that take. Mm-hmm. I, uh, wow. I got to think long and hard about that one. I'm curious who, I wonder if you put it to a poll, who Lakers fans would prefer, Simmons or. With this team, Russ. you got you to gotta specify that. With this team, the way this roster is constructed. I think I I think I'd rather have Russ. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. I think you're probably in the minority, but uh-huh. I could be convinced. Like I think if you make the case where it's like like the one thing you can never ever say about Russ is that he is scared of the moment. If anything, exactly. he's he's too yes. unscared of the moment. Like there are moments where you're just like I wish you were a little bit more nervous about this moment. Um you can't say that about Ben Simmons. Like he he had the yips, and, and last that we saw him in the postseason, he had the yips. He was unwilling to go up for a dunk against Trey Turner because he didn't want to get to the free throw line. So I, could, I, I could kind of be well, convinced, but I still think you're probably in in a in a very 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 outnumbered minority. Ben Ben Simmons does not take that shot over Maxi Kleber. No, he does not. <laughs> Russell Westbrook does. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah. That was one game series against the Mavericks. I'm taking Westbrook. I don't know. I don't know. Like for the, for those of you who are watching the pressure cooker, uh, and then also now listening to the show, I almost died because of that shot. I almost died. I started coughing like profusely because I was laughing so hard because it was the most rushed shot. He had just airballed a three from the other side of the court. Uh, that was technically a better look, but Nope, he pulled it and, and he was the bottom. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's wrap up here. Let's get out of here on, on your most embarrassing sports moment. Uh, as everybody knows, the reason that we do this segment is because of the video that Harrison posts every single chance that he gets. Although the coward is still, uh, unwilling to put anything that he has ever done physically on the internet. Uh, Christian, what's your, what's your most embarrassing sports moment? Well, I want to say I'm, I'm going to make a guess and say that's probably not your m- most embarrassing sports moment. I'm sure you have <laughs> others. That can't be it. I'm sorry. Uh, I also want to say I coined uh, the term the churro step, which is what the only thing I that's refer only, to it as. That should that should be its name. People call it the euro stumble, but it should be the churro step for yes. sure. 
Exactly. Um, <laughs> my my embarrassing sports story. Uh, I played soccer growing up. That was my first love, and like going in when I had like dreams of becoming a sports writer, it was soccer. Like uh-huh. I wanted to cover soccer, and then basketball came along. I don't know how. It's a, it's, a, it's a bad country to try to be a sports writer in. <laughs> I mean, back then, absolutely. Now it's it's it's, uh, it's better now, yeah, for sure. And so the point is, on good teams, I would play right back because they're just the the fact of the matter is there are better attacking players than me. On bad teams, I was a right winger, which is a position, not a mm-hmm. political stance. Um, <laughs> I so on out this kick team, indeed over here <laughs> on, on this team I played out on the right and I had a through ball played beautifully to me by one of my teammates I was gone and back then I had jets I know I don't look like it now but man <laughs> listen I took the silver medal at the Mount Sac Mount Sac relays at the hundred meter dash all right there you go I was not messing around yeah um but I I've given up on trying to trying to tell anybody I was ever athletic because like you see (laughs) multiple chins wangling around while I'm talking and nobody's ever buying that by myself through ball in on goal one on one with the keeper I I would have had a goal and it honestly probably would have been my only goal this season Um, I get tripped up oh no and I get up fuming because I am like I need I, that I want was my one shot. Yeah. My one opportunity. And so I, I get up, I'm fuming, I look to whoever's around me, just ready to square up. I'm taking that red card. Cause whatever like play we're drawing up from this free kick, yeah, it's not it's, it's not, not featuring be, you. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I look around and I look to the sidelines and I see that my the parents laughing. Why the hell are they laughing? Oh, no. And uh, I look around me and there's nobody around. (laughs) That's how that's how like far ahead I was. Yeah. And I thought some some kid that was just as fast just came back and just clipped me from behind. I fell hard. It was the 18 yard line. And it was nobody. I tripped on my own foot. (laughs) Breakaway one on one with the goalie. And um, my teammate just grabbed me by the shoulder and walked me back because, <laughs> I mean, they're not going to call a foul. Was it was it was it the teammate who played you the ball? No, no. I no. it was uh, it was my my buddy Oscar Pena, uh, uh-huh. who is really good. He's also really good at basketball. But man, <laughs> I think about that all the time. And I'm just like, damn, man. I always like to ask people, like, how long ago was that? We're we're. I You're was, not 30 yet, right? So no, I was 16. Um, so we talked about I, a decade, almost. Next, yeah, next year Man, it'll be a young. decade. It's unbelievable. You're, but I'm, I'm almost a decade old. I'm it's still so much younger than you. That's the great thing. Is <laughs> it was a decade ago for me, but 16. Yeah, that would have been two decades ago for me. What was that? The, <laughs> did the Beatles go on uh, to make their American debut when you were 16 years old? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny to watch get back because I was like there. I was I was there. I was I was there. I was in charge of giving Ringo his Stella Artois. Like that was that was my job. That's a, um, not a bad job. Yeah, he shared. He was he was he was, you know, here, you take one and I take one. And it was great. It was it was fantastic. 
Um, all right, man. Well, thank you very much for sharing the, the, the embarrassing sports moment. We've all been there. Like anybody who's ever played soccer. No, you haven't. You no, have not felt no, that shame. Not that bad. Not, not like where I'm <laughs> completely alone, but like where, where, you know, you, your feet get too far ahead of you. And, and I had a coach, I had a, I had a coach who had like a real shrill voice. And, um, we were up by, you know, we were up like five, one or something like that. And, um, I got by the defender and I was in open field. And same kind of thing. I got really excited because I was about to score a goal. And I just, you know, crossed myself up, getting ready to, you know, to just put a nice, easy pass around the uh, around the keeper. Um, and I, I just, you know, misstepped and I slipped. And, and the ball just kind of like lazily meanders its way over to the keeper. And this, uh, this coach, his name is Steve Behrens, uh, he had, again, super shrill voice. So there were like seven fields on this on this field. Yeah. And and he just she screams out at me, sniper got you, huh? <laughs> and you you could hear like people laughing from fields over, and that was that's from funny. so that was that was the. I mean, that's what happened to me. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that same coach was there. <laughs> Steve, Steve Barons, that that guy was a that guy was a piece of work. But anyway, that's gonna do it though for this episode of the Anthony Irwin Show. Lakers win again. Uh, they beat the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas, one hundred four to one. Oh, or 107 to 104 in overtime. I think I, I uh, you know, predicted a win that wouldn't necessarily feel that much like a win, but shouts yeah. to Austin Reeves for for really actually making it feel like a win. Um, I'm, I'm curious what people are going to say about him being in the starting lineup or Ellington or, or whoever. I do know one popular sentiment is going to be that uh, the guy who is currently in the starting lineup probably should not. So... We'll see how that goes over in the next 24 hours or so. Until uh, tomorrow when I have a show with Harrison, and and we line this up, um, clearly not knowing that Reeves was going to hit the shot that he hit, uh, Harrison and I lined up an interview with Mirren Fader of The Ringer, uh, who wrote a fantastic uh, profile of Austin Reeves that I actually read, which is in and of itself you know, the utmost compliment that I can give somebody. So you're going to want to check out that profile, and then Harrison and I are going to talk to Mirren uh, tomorrow afternoon. Until then, I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Christian Rivas. This was The Anthony Irwin Show, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.